0: givers and takers toward the end of this last school year my six-year-old daughter claire had her first encounter with a bully another girl in her class i'll preface this by saying i wasn't there i don't know exactly what happened i trust my daughter's account of things but i also recognize that all human interactions are filtered through perspective I only bring this up because, as an educator, I've seen such challenging situations skewed, for better or worse, by perspective. I've seen many people's emotional responses overrun their rational ones. I mention this because my story isn't one of ongoing, legally defined bullying and harassment. Those situations are serious and should be handled accordingly, but my daughter's situation wasn't that. I suppose it could have been. It could have developed into something that required additional interventions. But my goal was to empower Claire to mediate the situation on her own. To develop, in her, skills for handling such confrontations. That isn't always possible. And those situations can escalate and require additional bullying, and harassment interventions. We were able to avoid that. I also realize my daughter can be rather assertive. I like that about Claire. But I also understand how she can find herself in the occasional confrontation. Plus, I have no desire to vilify another six-year-old. I don't know what's happening in that little girl's life. I'm just trying to help my daughter best manage those types of challenging encounters I'm sure she'll face again. I don't mean to diminish the impact the situation had on Claire either. She was very upset. But if I don't keep my wits about me, keep my emotions under control, she won't either. I'm setting the example for my daughter on how to handle a difficult situation from the second she starts to tell me about it, and I have to be aware of the example I want to set. It's not just about what I say, it's about how I act. If I want my daughter to be rational, empathetic, calm, cool, and collected, I have to be all those things. I have to set a goal for our discussion. I want Claire to be empowered and self-aware and strong. I want Claire to look at things from others' perspectives. I want Claire to have a high emotional intelligence and I want Claire to be able to build the skills to handle future challenging encounters on her own. Of course, I have to build toward those goals gradually but I try to recognize opportunities to support those qualities and approach them with intent. I also want Claire to feel better by the end of our discussion. In order to work toward those goals, I have to be clear-headed and separate myself from the situation to some extent. That's what I tried to do when handling Claire's bully situation. And that's what led us to a discussion on givers and takers. We were driving home from school discussing the day, and Claire mentioned another girl was being mean to her. She approached the topic tentatively at first, testing the waters a bit, keeping her composure. As I encouraged her to talk about it, though, she opened up, and it became clear just how deeply the situation had affected her. Claire told me about a girl in her class who had been calling her stupid and telling her they weren't friends. Claire became emotional as she described the interactions with the girl. Apparently, the girl would quietly say these things to Claire while they were in the classroom or out on the playground, sneaking in the comments when no one else was looking. As Claire explained it, when other girls were around, The girl saying the hurtful things would act like she liked Claire, act like they were all friends. Then once the other friends were out of earshot, this girl would lean in to tell Claire she didn't really like her, and they weren't really friends. I was surprised by the apparent intentional deviousness of the hurtful tactics Claire described her classmate using it was one of those things to have an open disagreement with another student on the playground. But these insults seemed to be carried out with surgeon-like precision, premeditated and interjected in quiet moments away from others. By the time we reached the meat of Claire's account, we had arrived at home. We moved our conversation from the jeep to our front steps, where I could sit next to Claire and we could talk eye to eye. We talked about the situation for a long time. I wasn't running a clock. There are no time limits for such important conversations, but in total, I suppose we talked for about an hour. My seven-year-old son, Mickey, graciously gave Claire space to talk and went inside to play while we finished our discussion. I mention that only out of pride in Mickey's recognition of the situation. Conversations go long in our house, and I appreciate Mickey's reaction to Claire needing some time. So Claire and I sat on the porch and talked. We talked about the girls' comments and how they made Claire feel. I took time to reassure Claire that she isn't stupid, and I used a bevy of evidence to support my claim. I went to work building Claire back up and reminding her of so many wonderful characteristics she possesses. We talked about empathy and the things that might lead another young girl to say such hurtful things. I did not condone or minimize the things the other girl said, but I also want Claire to consider why someone might say such things. The girl might be jealous of Claire and of her other friends. She might not have a great deal of support and positive influences at home. The girl may be going through some traumatic experience outside of school. It might be the worst week of her life, and she picks someone to lash out at. The point is, we just don't know. So we have to focus on what we can control. We talked about ways to manage the situation, I encouraged Claire to be assertive with her feelings. I told Claire no one has the right to call her stupid or make her feel bad. We discussed ways Claire could, in no uncertain terms, tell the girl her comments were mean and that they would not be tolerated. We talked about when and how it was appropriate to tell the teacher if the situation progressed. We talked and talked, and eventually, we seem to hit the root of Claire's concerns. I've learned Claire possesses a deep connection to the concept of friendship and the social conventions friendship entails. Mickey has always maintained a more laissez-faire connection with friendship, feeling quite comfortable doing his own thing and seemingly garnering a number of friendships through his inherently aloof and genuinely gregarious nature. Claire certainly has a good number of friends, too. She just seems to be more actively involved with managing friendships. Where Mickey seems comfortable to allow others to circle in around him, and what he is doing, with no real apparent concern for who might enter or exit the group, Claire tends to be more concerned with maintaining friendships. I don't know if it's a difference between boys and girls, or if it's just a difference between my two children. I suspect it's a bit of both. But Claire is very concerned with maintaining her friendships. And that's what was at the core of her emotional response that day on the front steps. As we talked and talked and navigated our way through Claire's feelings about the situation, it became clear she wasn't chiefly concerned with the comments the other girl had made. She didn't like them. They weren't nice and they didn't make Claire feel good. But Claire also seemed to understand that she really wasn't stupid. And she had a lot of other friends. What seemed to bother Claire was feeling like she was supposed to maintain a friendship with this girl who was saying hurtful things to her. Claire became emotional when describing how she had tried to be nice to the girl and how the girl was still mean to her. Claire basically said she didn't want to be friends with this girl. Didn't really want to be around her, but it seemed Claire felt some pressure to try to be friends with everyone, including a girl, saying hurtful things. That's when we got to givers and takers. The concept and terminology of givers and takers is not mine. It comes from psychologist, professor, author, and public speaker, Dr. Adam Grant. And to anyone reading this, I recommend checking out Dr. Grant's TED Talks and heading to his website, adamgrant.net. I study the works of others to help me live out my purpose, and I try to delineate and disseminate important concepts to my children and my students in a way that is meaningful and manageable to them. My apologies to Dr. Grant if my explanation of givers and takers to Claire didn't fully capture his intention, but it was quite beneficial in the moment. I explained to Claire that some people are givers and others are takers. Some people add to a situation, add to a relationship, raise the bar, contribute, make others feel empowered. Others take. They suck the life out of situations, hurt people, drag others down. I told Claire I always want her to be a giver, to help and encourage others. But I also told her she has the right to remove the takers from her circle. The instant I told Claire she had no obligation to keep takers in her life, a weight was lifted. Claire perked up, and a flood of inquiries poured out of her. The real questions she'd been wanting to ask all along. Claire asked if she had a birthday party with friends, if she would have to invite the girl who had been mean to her. I told Claire she can choose the people she wants to be around in any situation, birthday party or otherwise. Claire felt better. Claire asked if the girl invited her to a birthday party if she would have to go. I said again she didn't have to be around anyone who didn't make her feel good. And Claire felt better. That was Claire's real concern. She felt like she was supposed to be friends with everyone. She couldn't understand why a girl was being so mean to her and she was very concerned about the social constructs she has been learning. Birthday parties may seem like an insignificant thing in adulthood, but it's not to a six-year-old girl. That's the pinnacle of social endeavors in kindergarten, and Claire was primarily concerned with the social ramifications of disassociating with someone in the group, even if that person made her feel bad. I knew there was some deeper concern when Claire brought up this girl saying mean things. Claire's never had much problem standing up for herself. I've even written about her telling off some boy on the playground, but this situation was different. Claire kept circling back to how this girl would be mean to her individually, but act nice in the group. Claire talked about how this girl seemed to be friends with some of her friends. Claire wasn't really concerned with this girl as much as she was concerned with her social circle. In her eyes, friendships were on the line, and that is something she cares about deeply. That's such a crazy thing, but it's something that sticks with us our entire lives. We become slaves to social convention, We become entranced by social status. We allow ourselves to fall into relationships that are unfulfilling or even detrimental. We become motivated by how others might perceive us and we limit ourselves to those perceptions. I told Claire, some people are just takers. They feel the need to hurt others to try to fulfill something in their own lives. We don't judge them. We're respectful to everyone, we're encouraging, and we don't give up on people. We believe people can change their negative behaviors, but we also don't let people tear us down. I told Claire we want to be givers, but I also gave her permission to cut the takers out of her life. With that, Claire felt better. Our conversation ended with a happy and smiling and ready to go inside to play. We informed Claire's mother of the situation in order to give Claire positive support in each household. Claire's teacher was made aware of Claire's perspective on what had been going on, and the contact with Claire's teacher was simply to share information positively and create more supports, not to challenge or admonish the teacher or the classroom in any way. I continued to follow up with Claire after the situation, and things seemed to be good. She had largely decided to stay away from the girl and assert her displeasure with any negative comments by making it clear she did not appreciate them and did not want to be around such behavior. After a while, it seemed to become a non-issue. Claire's connection to the rest of her friends remained intact, and she felt better equipped to handle such negative interactions. As always, I don't have the answers on parenting or on any subject and I'm more than happy to take concepts from Dr. Adam Grant or anyone else. I just think sometimes we want permission. Permission from someone to feel how we really feel about a situation. To feel nervous and scared about social ramifications. Permission to assert ourselves and cut negativity from our lives. Sometimes we feel like we deserve negative things, like we're unworthy of surrounding ourselves with those people in those situations that make us feel strong and healthy and happy and good. So whether it's my daughter or anyone else, consider this permission granted. There are givers and takers in this world. Be a giver. Lift people up and put good into the world. But also understand, no one has the right to hurt you, or limit you, or rob you of your purpose, and your peace. Thank you.